My name is Marcy Sklove. Welcome back to Going Deeper. This is part two of an interview with Shirley Jackson Whitaker. And this is, um, we're talking today about Ashes to Ashes, this memorial event that will happen April 30th and April 29th, it will start. Um, and this is to honor the, the folks who had been lynched in our country. So now I'm uh, joined and very happy to welcome Shirley Jackson Whitaker and uh, Teresa Bryant, Rona Thompson, Nathaniel Whitaker, Destiny Nock, and Sue Lowry. These wonderful people will be um, reciting a play and Shirley will introduce the play. Safe an anti-lynching play written in 1929 by Georgia Douglas Johnson. Characters, Liza Pettigrew, the wife, John Pettigrew, the husband, Mandy Grimes, Liza's mother, Dr. Jenkins, physician, Hannah Wiggins, neighbor, Place, Southern Town, time, 1893. Scene, front room of Pettigrew home. Liza is discovered sewing on some small white garments. John is reading the evening paper by an oil lamp on the table. Ma! Come on out of that kitchen. Just stack up them supper dishes and come on and sit down and rest yourself. You hear? All right, Liza. I'm coming out in a minute now. Ma's been on her feet all day long. She don't know how to rest herself. Mm-mm. She sure don't. Come on, Ma. I hate to leave them dishes all dirty overnight, but if I must, I must. I reckon I would just mend John's socks while I'm sitting here. No, Ma. You lay down on your cot and stretch out while, a while and rest. First thing you know, I'll be down, and then you got to get up and around waiting on me. So rest while you can. All right, honey. I'll stretch out a minute or so if you want me to. Oh, my. This feels good to my old bones. Of course it do. You're plumb worn out. You done a sight of washing today. Oh. <sighs> Yes, I've been going pretty steady today. What you making on now? Just him and some little flannel belly bands. I got all my nightgowns ready now. My time is pretty nigh near. Yes, it's just about time. Nine months, I count it. Well, well, well. I see they done caught Sam Jose and put him in jail. When they catch him? Paper says this morning. I reckon his ma is plumb crazy if she'd hear they got him. I knows her. She's a little skinny brown-skinned woman, belong to our church. She used to bring Sam along pretty regular all the time. He was a nice motherly sort of boy, not more than 17. I say, let me see. There ain't no woman mixed up with that, was it? No, seems like he and his boss had some sort of dispute about wages. The boss slapped him and Sam up and hit him back, they say. Mm-mm-mm. That's mighty unhealthy sounding business for this part of the country. Hitting a white man. 
He better had it made tracks far away from here, I was thinking. I wonder who that is. Go see. Howdy, Miss Higgins. Wiggins. Come in and take a chair. Howdy. I just thought I'd drop over here, being as Liza was so near her time, and... and... Go on, Hannah. What's the matter? You look all flustered. What's up? Sit down, Miss Hannah. There's a chair. I... I come over here to see how Liza was most special. Then I wanted to see if y'all knowed about the trouble. Liza's fine. But what trouble is it you talking about? We ain't heard nothing at all. I saw in the papers they done caught Sam Ozea. We all thought he got out of town. I just read about it. Yes, but that ain't all. What else is it? Tell us. You see, I hear they done formed a mob downtown, and it might be there'll be hell to pay tonight. Who told you that? Jim Brown told me about it. He dropped in our house just now and said his house things didn't look as good at all downtown. I thought I'd better run over and tell y'all. Ain't they going to call out the soldiers? Did he say? No, he just said the crowds was gathering and it didn't look good in town. You don't reckon they'll take him out of jail, do you, John? I don't know. I think I'll step down the streets and see what they knows down by Briggs's store. You think you ought to go out? Be careful and don't stay too long. I'll be back. Don't y'all worry. I've been sitting here thinking about that poor boy, Sam, him working hard to take care of his widowed mother, doing the best he can, trying to be a man to stand up for herself. And what do you get? A slap in the face. Child, that ain't nothing. If he gets off with a slap, these white folks is mad, mad. He done hit a white man back. They ain't gonna stand for it. I done seen it happen before. What's little nigger boys born for anyhow? I sure hopes mine will be a girl. I don't want no boy. No, I don't want no boy baby to be hounded down and kicked around. No, I don't want to ever have a boy child. Hush, honey. That's a sin. God sends what he wants us to have. We can't pick and choose. No, we sure can't. We gotta swallow the bitter with the sweet. Bang! What's that? Sure sounded like a shot to me. I believe them white folks is up to something this night. Listen, ain't that noise coming this way? It sure sounds like it. They's coming, a big crowd headed this way. We better put out the light and pull the curtain way down. Yes, that's right. You can't tell what them devils might get in their heads to do. They wouldn't come in here, would they? No, they wouldn't. But then we better keep it dark. Bang! I wonder where John is. He ought to been back here before now. You stay back, Liza. You ought to not see such things, not in your delicate state. But what they doing? Where they going to? Yes, go back, Liza, and sit down. Let us watch. Ma, Ma, do you think they got him? Do you think they'll hang him? I don't know. You try to keep quiet. You had no order here, all this screeching hell. God help you. She sure ought not. It's a sin and a shame. Coming right by here, too. Don't hang me. Don't hang me. I don't want to die. Mama, mama. That's him. That's Sam. They got him. They'll shoot you. You can't do that. They're mad. Mad. Oh, God. Did you hear that poor boy crying for his mother? He's just a boy. Just a boy. Just a little boy. 
Man, this is mighty bad for her. Mighty bad. Yes, it sure is. I hate to ask you, but John ain't got back, and we ought to get a doctor. Can you steal out the back and get him? Yes, I'll go. I can steal out the back ways. Better hurry, Hannah. I don't like the looks of her. Oh, where is John? Where is John? What you reckon has happened? Oh, that poor boy, that poor little nigga boy. Oh. Try not to worry so, honey. We's in the Lord's hand. My poor, poor child. I, 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 I'll heat a kettle of water when I'm going to fix your bed so you can lie down when you feel like it. Did you hear him? Did you hear him cry out for his mother? Did you? Yes, honey child. I heard him. But you mustn't think about that now. Forget it. Remember your own little baby. You got him to think about. You got to born him safe. What you say? Born him safe. Born him safe. That's what you got to do. Born him safe? Safe? Oh, where have you been, John? Why didn't you come back before now? I tried to, but I got hit it off. They come right by here, too. It was terrible, terrible. Where's she? In the room. I done sent for the doctor. He'll be here any minute. I'll go in and see her. Poor little Liza. See if that ain't Hannah at the back door with the doctor. All right. I'm so glad you come. Doctor, she's right in here. Please hurry. Get me some hot water. I got it ready for you. John, get the kettle. She's terribly upset. Doctor, terrible. I know. Hannah told me all about it. She stopped at her home a minute or two, but said tell you she'd be here to help. Here it is. Set it in the room. The doctor goes into the room with her bag, and John comes out. How is she? Mighty upset. She ain't never seen no lynching, not before. And it was terrible, her being so nigh her time, too. Do you think she'll get through all right? I pray God she do. But she shook to pieces. I would have been here myself, but I didn't know I was going to be cut off. Of course you didn't. We's all in the hands of the Lord. What a terrible night. I wish Hannah would come, come on back. I, I, I'm that nervous. She was right brave to go out for the doctor. Won't she? Just then a baby cry is heard from the next room and both of them jump and look towards the closed door. They take a step forward and wait. You reckon she's all right? I hope so, but... But what? I don't know exactly. I never did see her look like she looked tonight. Mm, I wish the Lord this night was over. God knows I do too, my poor, poor child. They wait for what seemed like an eternity, listening to the muffled sounds in the next room. Then the doctor appears at the door, closing it behind her. His face looked distressed. <coughs> How is she? How is she? Can, can, can I go in? How is she, Doc? Wait a minute. Calm yourselves. I've got something to tell you. I don't hardly know how. She ain't dead, is she, Doc? My poor child ain't dead. Tell us, Doc. Tell us. What is it? She's all right, and the baby was born all right, big and fine. 
You heard him cry? Yes. Yes, we heard. And she asked me right away, is it a girl? Yes, 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 yes Doc. Go, go, go on, go on. And I said, no, child, it's a fine boy. And then I turned my back a minute to wash in the basin. When I looked around again, she had her hands about the baby's throat, choking it. I tried to stop her, but its little tongue was already hanging from its mouth. It was dead. Then she began. She kept muttering over and over again. Now he's safe, safe from the lynchers, safe. John falls down on a chair sobbing, his face in his hands, as Mandy stooped with misery, dragged her feet heavily towards the closed door. She opens it softly and goes in. The doctor stands, a picture of helplessness as she looks at them in their grief. Yeah. This is a poem called Our Unnamed Warriors, written by me, Destiny Nock, for the anti-lynching movement. How many had to be lost? How many at what cost? What's the cost of a better life for my children and my wife? How much blood had to be shed? How many fathers pronounced dead before the world would see the horror that surrounded you and me? They blamed our warriors for their greatest sin, not controlling the color of their skin. Our soldiers were burned, their faces charred, and our women were forever getting scarred. Hanging like ornaments from a tree, our warriors were a reminder for all to see. These unnamed warriors who fell at an alarming rate had unveiled society's wrath of injustice and hate. These acts had caused the flames to grow. In our hearts, the fire was forever expanding its glow. These warriors whose mothers and fathers saw fall are a constant reminder to us all of how far we have come and how far we have to go. I only wish I could tell them so they would know. Know that they are missed and that we still care and that they were a part of the battles we all share. The battle for justice and peace of mind and for happiness in a world that can often be so unkind. Even if we move two steps forward and one step back, their memories will forever keep us on the right track. Match by Dr. Shirley Jackson Whitaker. Ella leaned against the bus window with her tears slowly moving down her face in sync with the raindrops that were slowly moving down the window. She sat with her son, Robert Jr., snuggled under her arm and her unborn baby tucked safely in her belly. As she looked at her son napping, she thought about him looking out the door every evening, asking a different question each day. Do you think Papa will help me put my plane together when he comes home? Do you think he will have time to play catch with me? This was the first trip for them in a long time. She had not traveled for the last five months since her husband, Robert, had been missing. They said the Klan was restless the night he was returning home. He had gone to give a math lecture at Jackson State College, a black college in Mississippi. She sighed at, as she acknowledged that this was so unusual for him. She smiled when she thought about how punctual he always was. 
She felt his mathematical brain made him that way. She definitely knew his mathematical brain was a reason they had infinity signs on their wedding bands. He would say with a big smile, you know, infinity means forever, so you're stuck with me. Remembering that exchange made her smile. When they got to Mississippi, the rain had finally stopped. She sat in the colored section of the bus station waiting for her cousin. As she sat watching her son play jacks, she heard two men talking. One said, you know, they found that Emmett Till boy last night in the river, along with five other men. Those men have been in the water for so long that they don't have any idea who they are. The other man said, colored people don't go to the dentist so they can forget about using dental plates to say who they are. The other man chimed in again to say, Jefferson got the bodies, and he told me last night that one of the men did have a wedding band. He thinks he was able to keep it on because he made a fist. So, as he decayed, it didn't fall off. Hearing about the ring, Ella's heart skipped a beat. She anxiously asked them, where was that funeral home? After getting directions, she had her cousin to take her there immediately. She was led to the office of the owner. As she entered his office, she began to shake helplessly. Tears were now pouring from her eyes, and she was unable to speak. She continued to slowly walk towards his desk, removing her ring as she walked. When she reached his desk, she placed her gold band on his desk before him. He reached into his pocket, and he too had a gold band that he placed beside hers.